Hello, everyone, and welcome back to today's episode here on Mobius Ministries Podcast. This is your friend, Josiah. Beloved, thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, I'm really excited to continue our study here in Ecclesiastes. We're going to be doing chapter 9 today, Lord willing. Um, Super excited. Been really enjoying this book. Um, This is season 27, episode 252, and here on Mobius Ministries, I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, thank God, do my best to interpret scripture, help you grow in your intimacy with the Lord, encourage you to remain steadfast uh, through tough, excuse me, through tough seasons, and to continue uh, to to, to prepare you for the second coming of Christ, where we put our hope, uh, even through rough trials, we put our hope in knowing that we have eternal life uh, by faith in Christ. Uh, if you're new to if you're new to my podcast or have been listening for some time now, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, over two years ago, God told me to start this podcast and start using the teaching gift that He's given me. Uh, my my number one prayer is that God's will is done in your life. I say that every week, but I really do mean that. Uh, God's will is what we should be seeking every day of our lives, and um, of course, that's something that's been running through my mind recently. Is Lord, am I doing Your will? And um, haven't received an answer, but I know that part of God's will is for us to trust in his son. That is part of his will. Uh, Romans 12, 2 tells us uh, to not be conformed by the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we may prove the will of God. That's a paraphrase, but if you have any questions or comments about today's sermon or anything you want to reach out to me, uh, just that anything you need help with or questions or anything at all, you can email me at josiahmovius12 at yahoo.com and I would love to help you. Uh, whether you're saved or not, I, I desire to uh, be the Lord's servant uh, in any given aspect. So the verse of the day is out of the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 2. Ephesians 4, 2. Let's read that real quick. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. And it reads, With all humility, with all humility, forsaking self-righteousness and gentleness, maintaining self-control with patience, bearing with one another in unselfish love. This is how we are to act towards the body of Christ. To uh, hear the NIV here uh, translates it as, Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another, in love. I think I like I just want to go off that point at the end there, bearing with one another in love. I'm not sure if it's the same word, but Paul says in Galatians 6 2 to um uh, he says He says in Galatians 6 2 carry not sure if it's the same word as bearing, but carry one another's burdens, and in this, and in this way, you will fulfill the requirements of the law of Christ. That is the law of Christian love. That we are to, even when we see a born again believer, whether they are habitually struggling with a particular sin or they're legitimately struggling with it, and they want to stop, but they just they're struggling. Um. We are to bear with that person. There's a guy I'm discipling right now. I'm not going to say his name just because I, I don't feel I could do that with a good conscience. 
but he is in a very tough season right now, and I am being taught to um, to bear with him and to uh, to really be patient with him. Um, I have to remain humble, and I've given him tons of wisdom, and a lot of that wisdom has just not really helped a lot. Um, his faith is has he's really endured, and he's had a lot of endurance and a lot of perseverance. Um, and I continue to pray for him, but he's just, he definitely is in a tough season right now. Um, let's open in prayer and then we will start Ecclesiastes chapter nine. Father, we come to you joyfully knowing our place in your son. Um, help us to find our joy and our ultimate delight in him. The one who came down and died for us, died while we were still sinners. You saved us. Father, I pray that you'd reveal your son in today's episode, that we would stand in awe of him. We would look to him, the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the one who's perfecting it. You are the one who sanctifies, and we thank you for that, Lord, that you are the one who directs all that. I pray for the person listening, if they just feel deeply broken and are out of words to say to you, oh Lord, thank you that you're fully acquainted with all their ways. I pray you'd reveal your son and that they would continue to earnestly and diligently seek you and pour out their hearts before you. Father, I do pray for the unrepentant one that might be listening and that you would enlighten them to that and reveal your grace and reveal your kindness that would lead them to to repentance. I pray for those who need to be kindly rebuked from you, that you do that. I pray for those who need encouragement uh, and words of affirmation and reassurance in their walk with you, that you would do that, Lord. Help me to do that. Uh, Lord, even though I have notes prepared, I I ask that you'd still anoint my lips and uh, just speak through me, Lord. I pray that you're glorified and that your Son is glorified and that you would give us understanding that we would be people of sifting through knowledge and understanding. Pray for living understanding in today's episode, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Just want to give you guys, I I, I really do love updating you guys about what's kind of going on in my life. Real quick, I've been going through Proverbs, and I was doing some reading last night and some this morning. And I tell you what, it's just, you know, I've, I've stated this before, but... There are there are there are those moments when we read a certain verse, right? And we read a we read a chapter in the gospel or we read something in the epistles from from Paul or Peter or James and we forget what we read. We may forget either the whole thing or we only remember bits and pieces. And I, I beloved, I'm telling you, I I really do believe this to be true. There's a reason behind that and I think it's because there's a particular season 
where you need to know what you're not remembering. Because there are, because I've read Proverbs several times. We went through it here on my podcast month, like a, a long time ago. I've read Proverbs from the past. I've skipped through it. I've, I've, I've read this book tons of times. And there are verses that I'm coming across that speak to me for the season that I'm in. And it, it is, it is incredible. And I think a lot of the reason why we're dealing with maybe a little bit of shame or we're putting ourselves down for not remembering is because we've experienced false teaching. There are teachers who teach things like that. Like you can't remember and they, they put you down and they, 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 they think that they're giving the right type of rebuke. And I, I'm telling you, I, I don't think that that's inspired by the Holy Spirit. I could be wrong, but I just, there's verses I'm reading right now and they're hitting me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I, I wish I could pull it out right now. I don't have time. I've got a big message here. The Lord wants me to give and but, you know, beloved, I, you know, I'm not lying here. I'm, you, you, I want you to trust me. I, I really genuinely do mean this. God knows I'm not lying. Um, and so just pray about that. Because if you've been dealing with that, if you haven't, then, then this message isn't for you. That's okay. That's all right. But just think about that. I mean, it just, it, it makes sense to me. So... Really hope that encourages you guys, encourages you guys and blesses you guys. So, um, if you like to know the song that's playing right now, it's called uh, "Lamb of God" by uh, I believe it's yeah from again Waldner Worship. Decided to switch it up a little bit. I think I played this one recently, but anyway, here we go. Uh, chat, uh, before we get to today, we're going to be bringing out of the out of the Amplified as well. I think we will be getting into a little bit of Hebrew, so you can take notes if you want. You, we're going to be going through some David Guzik stuff again. Um, there are some, um, I've been trying to get in contact, uh, with, uh, this teacher named Kevin Butcher, who's helping me, uh, give me some resources to understand, uh, Greek and Hebrew language better. Um, and so I've been waiting for him to email me back, but I, so I do appreciate your prayers of him being able to get back to me. Cause I've been, it, it ties into a prophetic word that the Lord gave me coming into this year. And it was that I was going to learn more about Greek and Hebrew knowledge. Now, maybe that's me assuming the way it's going to happen. And I can't put my trust in that, but I have to put my trust in the Lord that if he said that, it's going to happen. I have to have the response that that Mary had when she heard that she was going to give birth to Christ. She said, I'm your servant. Do as you please. So she just humbly responds and says, the Lord says this is going to happen. I have to believe it. God does not prove himself to be a liar, beloved. If God says he's going to do something, he's going to do something. He said to Ezekiel, I'm going to give you a new heart, a heart of flesh. I'm going to write my law on your heart, Jeremiah 31. And they will be my people and I will be their God. And he did that. So, before we get into chapter 9, let's pick up where we left off at the end of chapter 8 just to get some more context. Because again, beloved, when when we read... When we read this book, or when we read any book in the Bible... This is a writer who's continuing to write about things. And maybe they did stop halfway through. We don't know. But at the same time, they're still writing. So let's pick up here in chapter 8, verse 16. When I applied my mind to know wisdom and to see the activities of mankind that take place upon the earth, how some men seem to sleep neither day nor night, and I saw all the work of God, I concluded that man cannot discover the work that is done under the sun. 
Even though man may labor in seeking, he will not discover. I think what he's saying when he says, even though man may let labor in seeking, he's saying when you're, when you're seeking knowledge, you're, you're laboring. He says you will not discover. And more than that, though a wise man thinks and claims he knows, he will not be able to find it out. Solomon is on this journey to find things out to, to find things out that he fixates on a lot as we, as, uh, as we see throughout this book. And at the end of chapter 8, he humbles himself, we see here, and he says no one will be able to find out God's whole plan. He says even he, he says at the end, um, though a wise man thinks and claims he knows, he still won't be able to. With that being said, let's start in verse 1 of chapter 9. The title here is Men Are in the Hand of God. Verse 1, For I have taken all this to heart, exploring and examining it all. Remember the words, all this and exploring and examining it all. We're going to come back to that. Look at the Hebrew a little bit. Lord willing. How the righteous, those in right standing with God, and the wise and their deeds are in the hands of God. No man knows whether it will be love or hatred. Anything awaits him. So what's all this that Solomon says when he says, For I have taken all this to heart? What does he mean by that in verse 1? It's this stuff that he calls smoke, trying to understand why the deeds of the righteous are rewarded to the, to the wicked and vice versa. All these questions he had... As we as as we see it now, nine chapters in, because obviously there weren't chapters when, when he was writing this. Going a little bit further in verse one, the words exploring, and examining it all. The ESV uses the word, um, uses the words and explain. And this word here in the Hebrew can mean to make clear, clear up, or even prove. Super interesting, and it's used as a verb here as well, which may be even more interesting to d- depict. When I see it being used as a verb here, where he says exploring and examining it all, which means he has seen this stuff from his eyes. He journeyed through life and saw certain things that we read in this book, and he couldn't completely understand. Because a lot of times we can like imagine things and go. And we can think it's true, but Solomon here is saying, "I've seen it with my own eyes. I've, 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 I've seen, I've seen it. I've seen it act out before me." Because, have you ever been in a difficult situation with someone and you're trying to clear things up, trying to be a peacemaker? I know I have. And a lot of the times, those people don't want to make peace. And um, at that point, I know I'm doing the right thing. I'm trying to be a peacemaker. But their choice is their choice, and I can't do anything about that. Verse 2, it is the same for all. There is one fate for the righteous and for the wicked, for the good and for the clean and the unclean, for the man who offers sacrifices and for the one who does not sacrifice. Now that part right there is obviously contextual, okay? As the good man is, so is the sinner. And he who swears an oath is... So is he who is afraid to swear an oath. This evil is in all that is done under the sun, that one fate comes to all. 
Also, the hearts of the son, sons of men are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts while they live, and afterwards they go to the dead. I have a water today in today's episode, just to let you guys know. Verse 4, there is no exemption, but whoever is joined with all the living has hope. Surely a live dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. And they no longer have their reward here, for the memory of them is forgotten. Indeed, their love, their hatred, and their zeal have already perished, and they will no longer have a share in, the, in, the, in this age in anything that is done under the sun. When I have told people that this is one of my favorite books in the Bible, they've said, Are you kidding me? What a depressing book, Josiah! <laughs> I feel they might be thinking of this, these verses right here. Maybe. Solomon is continuing here to have the viewpoint of life under the sun without God. That that person does not have a thought of eternal life or death. Verse 7. Sorry, I just hit my mic there. Verse 7. Go your way, eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a cheerful heart if you are righteous wise and in the hands of God for God has already approved and accepted your works let your clothes always be white with purity and do not let the oil of gladness be lacking on your head live joyfully with your wife whom you love all the days of your fleeting life which he meaning God he has given you under the sun all the days of vanity and futility. Remember that part right there. All the days of vanity and futility. We're going to come back to that, Lord willing. For this is your reward in life and in your work in which you have labored under the sun. Now Solomon, he flips the script here in what we just read, verses 7 through eight, seven, uh, seven through 9. And says, Now for the person who is approved by God, which we know we are, with the type of faith in Christ that that has works to prove our faith to be a saving faith, makes us approved or accepted by God. For that person, enjoy your life. If you are married, uh, enjoy your marriage with your spouse. Now, another interesting part, because this is my first one I've ever seen in the Old Testament. Um, there have been, well, I'll explain that after, Lord willing. Now, this is the only time I've seen this in the Old Testament. We sometimes read verses in the New Testament that say this part is not found in early manuscripts, right? Well, for example, uh, Mark 16, 9 through 20 is not found in early manuscripts. And I really believe that it's not something Jesus said because you don't read it in the other Gospels. Um, You just, you don't even see it. So you have to know that someone wrote it in Mark and forgot to... There's a loophole there in that type of act, if that makes sense. Well, here in Ecclesiastes 9, for verse 9, the words we said we would come back to, all the days of vanity and futility, this is not found in in ancient manuscripts. It's the first one. Now, the verse that I was thinking of um, that kind of had a similar note or footnote, like we read here, um, that's not found in ancient manuscripts is the verse where it says, I think it was, um, oh crap, I think it was Moses or Noah that said, 
Moses was the most humble man on earth. I think it might have been, it's one of, I forget, one of the other. And there are, there's a footnote with that in saying that if the, that if Moses or Noah, because I'm having a hard time remembering, were to say that, then they're not very humble. So they, there were a lot of scholars that have argued if that's really found in early manuscripts. So I'm not sure. It's interesting. But at the same time, we don't have to look to their their meaning, meaning whether it was Moses or, or uh, Moses or, uh, I totally just blanked here. Moses or, um, oh, I totally, yeah, I, I forgot. Whether it's one or the other, we don't have to look to their to their lives on how to learn humility. We can, but the ultimate one of who we should look to to understand humility is Christ. Uh, the t- new title, starting starting in verse 10, whatever your hand finds to do. Whatever your hand finds to do. Verse 10, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there is no activity, planning, knowledge, or wisdom in Sheol where you are going. Now, we're going to read verse 11. We're going to, we're going to break this down real quick. I, under, I, I, I again saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift and the battle, to the, the battle is not to the strong. And neither is bread to the wise, nor riches to those of intelligence and understanding, nor favor to men of ability. But time and chance, remember that word chance, we're going to come back to that, Lord willing, time and chance overtake them all. Now this word chance here, its definition we're going to get get into here in a second, Lord willing. And the reason why I want to look at the Hebrew is because it's not as you might assume. Uh, as I did until I looked at the definition um, on blueloaderbible.com, it, it, uh, it can also translate into lucky. Um, well, wait, I, I'm sorry. Scratch that. I'm, I don't think I read my notes right. I'm sorry, guys. Hang on. It's not as you might assume as I did until I looked at it on blueletterbible.com as a lucky kind of definition. So I thought that chance would mean lucky, but that's not actually what it means in the Hebrew. It's the Hebrew pega, pega. Uh, it's spelled P-E-G-A. It's used as a masculine noun and it can translate into occurrence or happening. Now with those definitions they kind of make me think more. They make me think more and not just say it's by the world's definition of chance or luck. Like if you were to, you know, play craps at, uh, or crabs, whatever you call it, at a, at a, what do you call it? A casino. Um, and then you, you win a thousand dollars. You're like, Oh, you think that's by luck or chance or another guy would go, no, cause I'm just good. And that's, you know, their pride, but <laughs> I do not, I do not understand these verses in verses 10 and 11. Honestly, beloved, when I read something that I have to, when I read something that I have to, that I have to remember is still in God's word. When I read something that's in God's word, I'm not sure if my notes make sense here. Um, when I read something that I have to remember 
is still in God's word of the words time and chance has overtaken them all. I think to myself, what does it mean to reap what you sow then? Or God bringing the rain on the just and the unjust, like Jesus said. Like I've said before, beloved, in moments when we don't understand verses or seem to come across what seems to be a contradiction, we have to realize this is not true and rather realize there is more to learn. Our Bible says, beloved, that blessed are the poor in spirit. That is what Jesus said. It's crystal clear and we can't put a comma where he put a period. So I, I, I don't understand this. And again, maybe this is this is why it's this is such an interesting book because you're reading it through a lens of someone who doesn't walk with God. And there's there's really no based off my knowledge, there's no book like that in the Bible. And so I think to myself, maybe I understand it that way. Well, let me let me let me fix that. When I when I read that verse in When I read that verse through the lens of um, of someone not walking with God, I can understand why they would say time and chance overtake them all. So I, that could be it, but I'm not sure. Verse 12, For man also does not know his time of death, like fish caught in a treacherous net and birds caught in a snare. So the sons of men are ensnared in the evil time when a dark cloud suddenly falls on them. These next set of verses, Solomon is going to look at another another part of wisdom and examine it. Verse 13, This illustration of wisdom I have also seen under the sun, and it was great to me. There was a little city with few men in it, and a great king came against it and besieged it. Remember that word besieged. We're going to come back to that. There was a, there was a little city with a few men in it, and a great king came, again, came against it and besieged it and built great battlements against it. Verse 15, but there was uh, found in it, meaning the city, a poor wise man. And by his wisdom, he rescued the city. He rescued the city from, from this guy coming in here. Now, this is, of course, whether this is an illustration or Solomon actually saw this. I Personally, I think it's something he actually saw because that's, that's the kind of mentality I see Solomon talking about here. Um, but to finish verse 15, yet no man seriously remembered that poor man. No one remembered him. Verse 16, but I say that wisdom is better than strength. Who's who's the wisdom in here? The poor man. Who's the strength? It's the king who came in and made and, and destroyed everything. He tried, he, he besieged it. And we'll get into that here in a second, Lord willing. Though the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heeded. The words of wise men heard in quietness are better than the shouting of one who rules among fools. Verse 18, wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. It's probably my favorite verses. I, I honestly, verses 11 through 18. 
Going back to verse 14, where Solomon describes a great king and a few men coming to a little city and besieged it. That word besieged in the Hebrew is the word bana, and uh, it's used as a verb here, which makes sense, right? Due to Solomon seeing a king and men doing these things, but it means um, to build, establish, or cause to continue. In this story, Solomon describes a great king coming to take over a city, and a poor man rescued the city because of his wisdom. In contrast, uh, sorry, it's a it's a contrast um, of Proverbs 19.1, written by the same author. How ironic. Better is a poor person who walks with integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. And lastly, regarding verse 18, the sinner described in this verse, I believe is to be referenced to the king who came and overtook the city back in verse 14. That's what I think. Because if not, then what is, who is Solomon referring to? When, when he says, the one sinner destroys much good. Oh, but I'm not talking about the guy. That's, that, no, that, that, that's when we, that, that, that's when context doesn't matter anymore. And that's not the truth, beloved. Context is incredibly important. And beloved, you know that. I know you know that. Going back to verse 17, um, let me read verse 17 one more time. The words of wise men heard in quietness are better than the shouting of one who rules among fools. So let's just, I just want to break that verse down real quick. Let, 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 let's think about this. Think about, think about someone that you may know. Let's think about, let's, let's just, let's think about Jesus. Okay. Jesus was wise, right? Jesus was no fool. That'd be ridiculous for us to say. Jesus said certain wise things in quietness. When the Pharisees asked him a question, there were moments where he would say, if I told you, if I tell you, you're not going to believe me. So he didn't say anything. And that's him practicing, don't cast pearls before a swine. That may seem like a hard thing to do, but Jesus said it. If there's something he says, we can trust him in his leadership. But the words of a wise man heard in quietness, heard in little numbers, are better than one who shouts, one who thinks he who one who thinks he's wise, but he's shouting foolishness. Who rules among many people? Think about that. That's that's mind-blowing to me, beloved. I love that. I mentioned last week that I listened to an episode on Francis Chan's uh, Crazy Love podcast, and it was about the power of a quiet life. The Lord gave me a ton of assurance through that message in some long-time fears that I've been dealing with. But I can see verse 17 in that kind of lens. And the lens I'm talking about is the power of a quiet life. I challenge you, go, go listen to it. It's free, not doing any harm, go listen to it. So again, it says the words of wise men heard in quietness are better than one, than, than the shouting of one who rules among fools. Just one more thing that I... 
was trying to remember how, what to say. Uh, I mentioned, I think it was last episode or a couple episodes ago, that I've been in a season of slow reassurances from the Lord. It's been very slow. There are certain fears that the Lord has just been breaking off by certain messages, certain Bible verses. That, that's been the top one. Reading Bible verses that have just like, oh my gosh, like I, like so many of my fears have been like, like I can just picture God laughing at those things. Like, and not in like a condescending way, but it's been a, and, and, and that, and that message by Francis was another stone, another stepping stone of assurance that I've received from the Lord. And for so long, I dealt with so many fears. And then, like I said, again, I've been through, I've been in this season and it hit me like a week ago. I'm like, Lord, I think I've been in this kind of a season of having reassurance after a long season of having a lot of fears about a lot of different things that, that, that masqueraded around my walk with Christ or my subconscious fears of sanctification. Here's what David Guzik says. Uh, as the end of verse 15 says that no one remembered the poor yet wise men. Men quickly forget, but God never does. He knows those who are his. Second Timothy 2.19 He has a book of remembrance before him for those who fear his name, Malachi 3.16, and their names are written, Jesus uses the word uh, recorded in heaven. Let's Luke 2, or Luke 10.20. So to end here, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, my favorite verses, uh, I have it written here, but I, I are not written, typed here. It's, it's uh, verses 11 through 18. Just absolutely mind-blowing. Now, what did I personally learn here in this chapter? I learned why wisdom is better. Not that I just learned that wisdom is better than muscle, which that's good too. If you learned that today too, that's great. Awesome. But I, I, but I personally learned why wisdom is better than muscle, status, and money. And it's more about the power of a quiet life. And a lot of people will think that that's a... I'm tell, Beloved, I'm telling you, like... I, I remember doing that message a while ago about understanding the Laodicean spirit. We did a, I think it was a two-part series or a two-part two episode. It was a part one, part two. And people will throw on that, throw around that word lukewarm. And they just, they think, they, they define it however they want to. They add their own man-made tradition to it, just like the Pharisees did. And it's not right. The reason I'm saying that is because people will look at someone who may have a lot of fruit in their life in their life, but they live a quiet life. And there's nothing wrong with that. The message I listened to by Francis, he gave really, really good reference points onto why there is power in a quiet life. One of the things that he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this and then we'll get into the question of the poll. That, I, that you guys can answer if you're listening on Spotify. He said in Revelation 10, I think it was Revelation 10, but anyway, it says that there were seven, seven types of thunders that spoke and John was about to write it down. And God said, no, don't, don't write, no, seal that up. Don't tell anyone. Think about that. 
God told only John knows. Think about that. Paul doesn't know. Peter doesn't know. The most famous pastor that, that you like doesn't know. I don't know. You know? Only John knows. And beloved, I'm telling you, there, there, have been, there are things that the Lord has told me in secret that looking that I have told other people, but looking back, I can see the Lord has told me, don't share this with anyone. This is just for you. And I pray the Lord blesses you with those moments. It's, and Francis, he goes, would you look at that and respond with, with, a, with a heart posture of, oh my gosh, that'd be the greatest honor. Or, I was just about to post it. I was just going to do it. I was... <laughs> so... It's interesting. Check it out. So my question for you listening on, for those of you listening on Spotify is simply, what did you take away from today's episode? What did you learn? What enlightened your heart? And the poll is, has this book helped you realize some of the things you worry about are absolutely meaningless? Yes, no, or a little bit. Father, thank you so much for your word. And and giving us endurance to continue to walk with you. Father, I pray that you would give us rebukes when we need rebukes. Give us assurance when we need assurance. I pray for those that are having irrational fears, whether they know it or not, and that you'd reveal that and renew their minds, Father. I pray we would desire for your word that we would diligently and earnestly seek you and that Lord that we would work to not sin but if we do that we would put our hope in him for all those who hope in him purify themselves thank you for your word thank you for your Holy Spirit who guides us that we can trust him we can lean on him. And in the day of trouble, in the day of evil that comes against us, we can make you our confidence, our stronghold and our strength. In the midst of trials and sin struggles, you are our confidence. We look to your son. We look to him, the one who overcame, the one who became a curse the one who died for us. We trust in him alone. Who holds salvation? Who holds the death? Who, who holds the keys of death in his hands? And who has his church, his bride in his hands and no one can snatch them. Just pray for grace, Lord. I pray for mercy and you would reveal your heart, Lord. In the midst of when we are in dark seasons that we would run to you, Abba, and be close to you. That we can come to you in our brokenness and our frailty, in our sin. 
I pray for moments when the enemy is using the word to accuse them, Lord. You would enlighten them to that and give them strength to stand strong. Please, Lord, give them grace. Please, Lord, please hear me, Lord, that you would do that. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, uh, next week, Lord willing, we'll begin into Ecclesiastes chapter 10. We're almost, we're, I mean, look at this. We, we, got, we got three chapters left. Chapter 10, chapter 11, and chapter 12. Yep. Chapter 10 is 20 verses, so a decent, decent, decent length. Um, uh, I have a date this Friday. Uh, I, uh, Lord willing, I would really appreciate your prayers. I'm really excited. Uh, I like her, uh, but I want to get to know her more. Um, met her at a Bible study that I go to. Um, I'm still trying to find another job, trusting the Lord in this. I'm only working part-time, so it's not a ton of money, but I'm, I've been seeing the Lord's grace and money and food and I've been really grateful um there's a job that uh the the I had an interview with a lady a long time ago she said she wants to hire me the job doesn't start until uh, like February 5th I've been trying to contact her and I haven't been hearing back from her um still kind of thinking about going to college this fall trying to pray about that look into that um and yeah that's just want to kind of update you guys a little bit more about what's going on in my life so Beloved, thank you so much for listening to our study on Ecclesiastes chapter 9. This is your friend Josiah. God loves you.